and welcome to series two of the DNAD Make and Break podcast in partnership with WPP and the New Blood Academy. For those who don't know, the New Blood Academy is a four-week boot camp designed to prepare emerging talent for jobs in the creative industry. I'm Naina, your host of Make and Break, and we're back with another six-part series helping any aspiring creatives kickstart their career by offering some personal advice from some inspiring industry creatives. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Make and Break podcast. I'm your host, Naina. And we're asking quite a big question. We're asking, what is your brand? So obviously, creating your own personal brand can be quite challenging, especially when first starting out in a creative career. So I've got a designer sat opposite me, Katerina Bianchini. I said that right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can develop, broadcast and showcase your talents and your interests whilst developing your own brand. So... Kat, you've actually, you're a founder of your own design and creative studio. Yeah, that's right. Formerly at Boiler Room as well. And you um, are known for your typography work, poster design. Um, you've got some big clients that you've worked with, like Selfridges. Can you tell us a bit about what you're up to, a bit about yourself and what you've been up to and what's got you to this point? Yeah, so basically I started in sort of bigger branding studios and that kind of gave me a real good grounding for... I suppose, how like actual like corporate commercial studios run. Right. Then for a little while, I took a bit of time out and went to Boiler Room, which I say is like, was my time out because <laughs> it was just so different right. in, like, in terms of like the workflow. And it was something that I massively enjoyed. Music for me is like a passion. It's one of my biggest sort of interests outside of design and art. Mm. So um, that was amazing. And then after that, I decided to go freelance. And then after I went freelance, I decided to set up my studio so we've been running now for one year and we are three like full-time people small team uh, yeah small team mm. but then we kind of grow so it totally depends on the project so sometimes if we're at full capacity with projects we can be 10 people sometimes if we are you know just our little core team and we've got a few projects coming in or finishing up bits it can just be three of us so right. it can really sort of go from small to big like quite quickly yeah. um but what's quite nice about that is at the moment it allows us to get in people who are specialists in certain topics or mm -hmm. whatever and kind of cater for the studio's needs so at the moment we're working a lot within the arts and I'd say fashion sectors okay from previously doing so much with music I think it was just a sort of trying to test out the new realms and figuring out other points of interest for the studio and for what we do. We work a lot with typography, so we do loads and loads of bespoke fonts. Um, we work a lot with sort of textural elements and loads of different sort of uh, bringing texture into typography, bringing textures into images. Mm. Um, and then that is used across things like brand identity systems, uh, packaging, campaign work yeah where it's it's pretty broad and like at the moment we're trying to push the boundaries of how you can introduce things like sound touch more uh sense driven sort of applications Ooh, yeah. to design as well what were you doing at boiler room was that more the the design aspect for their posters or the visual video or what was that so that was more like the flyers website yeah. everything design led but what was amazing about boiler room and this is why i almost say it's like my time out was it was just do whatever you want to do. That's really cool that you can work with a platform and a brand like Boiler Room and have complete creative control because then sometimes you work with brands and there's guidelines and you need to have certain styles. Yeah, I'd say that what was like interesting about Boiler Room was that when we worked there, it was like very much at the beginning of 
building into an actual like commercial brand Mm -hmm. so we were really a part of putting together uh, the style how the logo would feel how that would adapt into animation illustration Mm. everything so it was actually very lucky because when I started at Boiler Room it was still very much at its infancy in terms of becoming this sort of I suppose more commercial Mm. a commercially appropriate brand in the sense of being able to partner with these big massive people that they now partner with so I think that that was something that me and Joe worked really hard on implicating and like building into it was that more of like an actual branded structure it was amazing it was it was really fun sounds really exciting yeah so when it comes to um you know building a brand and and doing design work and typography what sort of influences you so I basically um I have a sort of creative process in which the studio always follows and that is being influenced by two of my favorite sort of um well they're kind of different so one's like a designer um an artist and his name's Bruno Munari Mm -hmm. and he was a really famous um artist sculptural sort of uh designer sculptural designer artist uh, typographer um in the 60s and he was you know at the forefront of like the beginnings of new experimental type foundries and interesting sort of application of art and design. And then my second biggest influence would be John Berger, who is an art critic. And again, he wrote this book called Ways of Seeing. And what was super interesting about that was it was almost like common sense, but it was like how to view advertising, imagery, art, design, Mm. and critique it in a way that made it almost like a creative critique you know creative critique on everything and I suppose what's interesting about the two of them was Bruno Munari super experimental he just goes crazy he just he used to you know apply like everything to design it it, it didn't have to be something that was in the design sort of rule book or within that realm Mm. already and then John Berger was like the critical point of view and I think it's quite an interesting duo to take inspiration from and then I think now um you know, Instagram is such an amazing platform. So every day there'll be a new student or a new design festival or anything, mm. even just like the day-to-day art, um, going to exhibitions, yeah. going to like an interesting film screening, anything now I would say inspires me. It's I think it's really hard. I'd say process-wise it's those two, mm-hmm. but like visually it's impossible because there is just so much going on and amazing stuff, like yeah. really interesting stuff all the time so there's a lot of emphasis on personal brands Uh, how important do you think that is for new creators because obviously now you've got to a stage where your brand and your style you're known for that and for someone that's trying to break through and get their foot in the door how important is it to have a strong personal brand at the beginning of your career so I was having a think about this question before Mm. I came in here because I think I I didn't mean to I didn't really mean to market myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing with uh, my Instagram page is it's just about the work. Like, I'm not interested in people knowing what I look like at all. So I think that that kind of is a bit different because I'm not really branding necessarily myself. I'm branding my name because that's where the work comes through. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like me as a person. It's definitely always about the work. And how that started was just putting my work on Instagram. Right. and getting this little bit of a following and seeing that people were getting quite interested and quite excited about it. And then I thought, okay, I'll just continue posting things and, mm. and see 
what gets traction, what doesn't. And I think now, having had that platform for a couple of years, you definitely know what people want to see and what they mm-hmm. don't want to see. And in that sense, you potentially could I suppose curate what you show them and how you show them it and also it sounds like Instagram was a big tool for you and general social media for getting your brand out there yeah I would say so like um I try not to rely too heavy on it I always ask myself if Instagram got deleted tomorrow how like depressed would you be yeah (laughs) or how sad would you be um so I try not to rely too heavy on it but I do think it was an absolute you know it was instrumental to building my sort of career and building the following that I now have and I think in terms of platforms um, that I align myself with you know things like creative review it's nice that whatever Mm. at DNAD it's amazing because it just allows those people to highlight you as well in a very easy and organic way rather than having to create some sort of massive campaign you know it can literally just be as easy as posting an image and tagging you in it or something so mm. it was definitely instrumental at the beginning I'm interested to see though in the future what the new Instagram is and how yeah, then right. new people build their brand because I've even noticed now like a massive shift of people don't engage that much with actual posts people engage so much more with stories yeah so it's interesting I'll be interested to see how that there's a evolves. lot to it isn't there because we're now living in a generation of influencers via Instagram obviously you're working with you work with some amazing clients so you just mentioned Selfridges Reebok as well um when you work with large clients like Selfridges obviously they will hand you a brief mm-hmm. which will have x y and z on it how because obviously it's quite important to still get your personal brand across in the design work but also meeting their criteria mm-hmm. how does how does that work um I suppose we've always been pretty lucky in terms of we work with clients who trust us. So I think one thing we make clear before we work on any project and and it could be with any client, even like a small client, Mm. we just say, like, look at our work, like really look at our work because that is what you're going to get. It's not going to be something that you are going to tailor too much. And I suppose it's about having the experience and the know-how to just also guide a client to where you want them to so it's like to the in the direction in which you want to go in um and also allow them to understand your aesthetic and even when we've worked like with the V&A or uh, Reebok or whoever it's always been our expression of Reebok our expression of the V&A a proper collaboration yes. rather than just hitting their guidelines exactly yeah. and I think that that's one thing I always want to try and um, protect mm. with what we're doing and with our brand is that we always stick by our aesthetic our design beliefs our um, ability to you know have our own take on every project that we do how do you what kind of advice would you give to someone who's trying to find their own voice or create their own brand trying lots of different things so Mm -hmm. first and foremost exploring loads of different avenues and seeing what you really enjoy and what you feel feels um intrinsic to you in your application of design and thought thinking and uh, creative process Mm -hmm. I'd say that's really important because um I think in order to find your own voice or your own aesthetic and your own style, you have to be really enjoying what you're doing. So 
and that's how it comes across in the work is it the enjoyment of or the the pleasure you're getting from doing it comes across in your creative style and it also allows your creative freedom to be totally free yeah because I suppose if you're trying to be a certain aesthetic because that's current or that's what people are interested in right now it's not really a true reflecting re reflection of what's inside of you and what your actual creative uh, instinct is yeah so I'd say try lots of different things uh, and then you know hone in in something that you really love and then through that explore that in every sort of possible realm yeah it's it's an interesting one isn't it because I work in music radio dj that kind of world and people are on this whole brand so I can be Nana the dj but you have to have a brand even though you're a human yeah and the the creative outlet and the process is music and what I play and what I say on the radio is there any tips you'd give on how to express your personal brand even when it's actually about who you are so obviously you used Instagram, but you were posting yeah. EP covers uh, and great bits of art you've done. But when it comes to like building a personal brand as you're the front facing, because you said that you made your Instagram not about how you look and how you are. It's all about the art, which is fantastic. But nowadays there is a lot about, especially in music, who you are as a person, what you look like, what you know, what trainers you're wearing. Yeah, <laughs> It's no, Mars. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all part of now your personal brand. I suppose the way that I portray me and the person who's behind this is by doing things like this, by yeah. doing like uh, public facing things. So um, talks, uh, installations mm -hmm. or like going and, and being on a panel discussion or whatever. And I suppose that's how I would say I promote my personal brand, which I suppose then links onto my studio brand or whatever. So I would say that the way I produced my you know started to work on my brand even when I was working in-house was by playing a lot with my freelance project so uh, I would go into studios like super early and then I'd leave and then I'd come back home and open my laptop and start working again and, yeah. and playing with that and I suppose what pushed me to do that was that I always felt in studios uh, like I had all these ideas but mm. it was never being used or allowed to be used because obviously you're working for these huge corporate companies yeah. you know with uh i mean insane guideline documents so it was just it just there was no question of like being super creative and conceptual in your thinking it was literally like get the job done right. and do it so i think like in the early early stages of my career it was this just this like real hunger i just had this like genuine like it's it's there's no other way to explain it, but like this hunger of just being like, I need to get these ideas out. Like mm -hmm. I, and I used to just sit and make posters for nobody, for myself, oh, and that, just yeah. like sit and make up uh, jewelry brands that I like, you know, like sad stuff. But like, <laughs> but it was it just allowed me to express what I was really interested in, what I'd seen that had inspired me, what I had read that inspired me, a concept that I wanted to develop into something that then felt like a genuine uh, commercial, I suppose, project. Um, and that's definitely how I explored at the beginning my own personal style and that, mm. I suppose, the or origins of my brand. And Such a good that. bit of advice for our listeners as well. If there's not the work, just start creating Oh yeah, things. do it. You know, make a podcast, make a poster, put it out to the world and express your brand and your style. Yeah, I think now people are so open to that way yeah. of like 
seeing design most people don't really care if it's I mean real or, like no, a real thing or not yeah especially on Instagram I'd yeah. say like people do not care at all because it's a younger generation as well yeah. I suppose that use that and and continue to utilize it um they love just seeing experimentation mm. seeing people having fun and just exploring their internal need to create something some of the um listeners might be people who are really trying to break through into their industries at the moment and just have a passion for it and obviously are going to face some challenges what kind of challenges did you come across that you could maybe give a bit of advice on especially in the world of design so I think um first of all making the leap from working in a studio to going even just freelance and freelancing in studios as Mm. like a sort of day rate designer that's a really big challenge because it's quite a scary thing to do you don't know if you're going to have enough money you don't know if uh, people are going to want you in for (laughs) to work Um, and I'd say that was one big challenge just even in terms of being able to go in house as a freelancer you have to have your own vision you have to be able to go in sit down and get to work like it's not like working in a company where you you get taught you get pulled and you get sort of uh, carried along the way and given Mm. tips and you're allowed to ask questions it's very much just having a sense of know-how and getting on with it so Kat we've got some questions from the uh, new blood audience via social media so on Twitter and Instagram they've sent some questions in Mm -hmm. Um, the first one is we again we've we've touched on a lot of this before but how do you strategically promote yourself on social media so I would say uh, begin by setting up maybe an Instagram page or something where you can just showcase your creative work and start populating that with even things that aren't necessarily for a client. So things that you're doing in your free time mm-hmm. that just showcase your creative freedom, showcase what you're trying to do, maybe tag some of your favorite designers in it and say, hey, like, or send it to them over Instagram and say, yeah. hey, like I designed this poster and you influenced me or the studio that you run influenced me and I would really like you to see it. And that sort of helps someone that's maybe entry level or, or pretty junior get noticed by those people because it's rare that you wouldn't notice somebody tagging you on Instagram yeah. unless obviously like you had loads and loads of followers but mm. um, I'd say that that's definitely one way in terms to promote yourself on social media I think just interacting yeah. having that ability to interact over social media with companies with individuals and also putting your own work on social media for other people to interact with and view yeah. It's a massive thing, you know, just doing yeah, a series. Like having a voice on something like Twitter, exactly. interacting, yeah. and definitely sharing your work with anyone that's influenced you because as someone, you know, an artist, for example, if you've influenced someone else, that's who doesn't want to hear that? This is an interesting question, I think, something that we all struggle with, especially mm. when going freelance. Um, one of the questions was, how do I tell how much I am worth salary-wise? I would say what I did before I went into any sort of full-time um, design job was I did a bit of research. So I looked online and I saw jobs that were being advertised and kind of gained a little bit of um, a little bit of information in terms of what they were offering salary-wise. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's quite a good gauge in terms of understanding where to expect to sort of start. Okay, so one of the last questions here was, how do you promote a design style that spans across lots of avenues and disciplines, especially if you don't know what you want to be known for long term? 
I think if you try to implement your style across everything in a super rigid, intense, uh, like checklist format, everything will feel super unnatural mm -hmm. and um, almost too considered. Yeah. It will almost become a bit pretentious, I think. Right. I, I actually think what you should do is apply your intuition, your design intuition to everything that you're doing and through that that format of just your personal feeling towards design it will start to sort of roll out yeah. this sort of uh, stylistic um comp like you know the stylistic or aesthetic that people start to understand and and can align themselves with or yeah it's all about balance i guess yeah of collaborating in a true way that's true to yourself but also getting the work done and you know just in a certain des design style yeah yeah so I feel like it should be almost like a sub a, a sub thought, thought not yeah. in a not an initial one you know it shouldn't be the way that you approach something it should be my style has to be on everything yeah unless you're an illustrator yeah and then fair enough because like that's what you get known for yeah <laughs> that's a key bit of advice yeah. um I've been asking all the guests on this series to leave us with one really, really crucial bit of advice. So this series is, uh, this episode is obviously about your brand and personal brand. So is there one thing that you'd want to give our listeners that was quite crucial, especially within your journey, that you would give to someone who's just starting out? So I'd say my tip would be believe in your own thing. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I think you should learn the rules, the graphic design rules. I think you should, you know, be well versed in whatever you're trying to do. So whether that be typography, grid systems and graphic design, art direction. But I also think you should be able to then break them. So once you learn it and then you learn how to, you know, what is right, you can then make things look wrong. Mm. And our sort of, I suppose our studio sort of slogan is to make everything look a bit shit. So okay, yeah. <laughs> and like what we mean by that is everything we do just has this like human touch. It's not right. been super like we don't I don't use grids on anything and people okay. think that's mental. But I know how to use them. I just choose not to use them. Yeah. And it's believing in your own thing. So whatever you want to do and how you want to do that, just do it. You know, mm. you don't have to you don't have to go by the graphic design rule book. You can go against it if that is what you believe is your aesthetic. I just think believing in your own thing and doing your own thing, you need to kind of get there at the beginning, obviously explore and evolve and try loads of different stuff, but listen to your intuition as a designer and as a creative. And I think that that will always separate you from everyone in design. It will, it will make sure that whatever you're creating isn't aligned with something that already exists. Mm, truly unique. That is some great advice. Thank you. Thank you for coming down today, Kat. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> that was episode two of the Make and Break podcast series with myself, Naina, in conversation with Katerina Bianchini. And it's been about building your own personal brand. We'll be back with episode three, which is all about finding inspiration for your creative work.